Episode 227. For real? For, no, I'm lying. Yeah, 227. Uh, well, 227 of full episodes and like 30-something, I, I used to just call them like bonus mini episodes, anything from like a half hour under like 30-something. But full, yeah, episode, full episodes, 227. I've seen some of your past guests. I told you earlier... I was sending uh, invites to your group. I appreciate that. And then let me know, and like probably about 120 of my friends joined your group. I appreciate that. That's awesome. I always try and anybody who fucking laughs at my jokes and treats me with respect, I'll do anything for them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if those who are watching and listening, if they don't know, Kevin Caputo, fucking, oh God, where do we start? Well, I'll just throw out, I'll just throw out the, uh, Stereo assassin, soul sick, and <laughs> former bass player or bass player if there's ever a reunion, which that would be fucking awesome. Of uh, one of my favorite Long Island hardcore bands, Disciplinary Action. 
And I definitely want to talk about that because I don't hear a lot of stories about D.A. Oh, you're gonna. <laughs> good, good. You don't hear uh, a lot of stories because those guys are fucking insane. Right. So, so if I, if, if, listen, I don't do questions, bro. I don't have questions for you. I very rarely have questions. I have a couple little stupid notes like, you know, what episode number and shit like that. But other than that, this is free form. Sometimes we go all over the fucking place. It doesn't make a difference. I'm not trying to be Joe Rogan. I'm not trying to be a fucking, you know, I don't interview nobody. I'm a half a knucklehead from Brooklyn that just likes to bullshit. The last podcast I was on, they actually, do you know George Reynolds? He used to be a mind over matter. I don't know him personally, but I know of him. Yeah, he had a pretty big uh, podcast and then he quit it and they asked me on. They asked me on because I was writing pro-Trump and pro-Patriot music while everybody else was writing the opposite. Of course. I thought, I thought that was really interesting. It was supposed to be an hour. It went two and a half hours. Okay. I don't have a, t- I don't have a time limit, but I've had, I've had, you know, I've, I've done an hour. I've done the longest one I've done, I think, is like almost three hours. I did three hours once with this other two guys, and I got angry because I said, we're three hours, and I said, like, five things. It's just you two talking to each other. <laughs> oh, fuck that. I'll let you fuck, bro. I'll sit here with my arms crossed and let you go. I don't give a shit. Well, I'll, okay, so we'll start with this. <laughs> Disciplinary action, the way they look, the way they act on stage, they are the most real hardcore motherfuckers. I mean, they are down and nasty and fucking mean. Uh-huh. And they, they, they're the epitome of fucking New York hardcore. Beautiful. You know, uh, VOD, there wouldn't be no VOD without a um, disciplinary action. Really? One of my favorite VOD, one of my favorites. That, that um, the still EP and that first record are fucking timeless for me. Yeah. Incredible band. Uh, the way I heard it was uh, they were doing. Doors cover bands until they somebody gave them the DA cassette and they they're like we're playing this. Also, um, who else? Neglect. Yeah. Like we're starting a band. The DA influenced a lot of guys. Neglect, but, uh, another nasty fucking band, bro. Nasty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We got close with yeah. We got close with all of them. VOD. We did um some some shows with them. So VOD asked us. I mean. Fuck it. Get dicks. Well, not all of them. I'm still friends with the drummer, Jeff Manzetta. He's my good friend. Haven't seen Reed. Uh, I haven't seen Style in a long time, but he's doing good. Reed, the guitarist, he's just fucking weird. And okay. he had a label, and they wanted to cover Sunrise. And he was going to make a few thousand dollars off it. And he told them no. Like, why? why? Yeah, why not? We would get off the tours with like all these big bands and he would just say no he would say no our rehearsals were at jeff's house three times a week two times a week we'd go there they would just fucking sit against the walls smoke weed and be like ah i'm leaving and they just right. leave <laughs> <laughs> i remember styler you remember that fucking at what was his name tyler okay he used to promote shows Way, way, way back in the day. And then he became like a white power kid. Now he's like denying it and shit. But um, 
Don't they all do that now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, uh, we're doing USA rules. And he said something. And Stylus stopped the show. It was at the angle in Minneapolis. Okay. And he said, who the fuck said something about America? And finally, they figured out it was Tyler. They fucking dragged him out. Dragged him out. He's lucky he didn't get killed. <laughs> oh, shit. And yeah, fucking went, those, those, those DA shows were pretty fucking hectic back in the day, no? They, they, were, they were pretty insane. You know, you said a reunion. We did a reunion. We did a 12-year reunion in 2004 with our uh, Yeah. Yeah, I, I recently, today, as a matter of fact, I was just looking on YouTube and shit, and I found, it's like, there's like a 10-minute clip of a reunion show. It says 2005, but there's like three or four songs. Yeah, it was 2005, yeah. Um, I don't know why they came up to do it. They asked me to do it, and um, we didn't want to do it. So we got my old guitar from Soul Sick, and we rehearsing with him, rehearsing, and I think Reed got jealous because we didn't go through with it. So he said, all right, I'll do it. He said, but I'm wearing a mask. I don't want nobody to know it's me. She had like a fucking mask. He couldn't even see. It was like just a, <laughs> like a mask. Uh-huh. <laughs> With somebody when you're torturing them. Yeah. We played the show like that. And the kids went fucking nuts. It was great. But um, yeah, man, a lot of weird stuff with those guys. When I met them, I was a metalhead. And I was into rap, like Public Enemy. Sure. Same here. Same here, man. Like before I found like hardcore, I was a, I was a metalhead big time. Yeah. I'll tell you this. Even when I was in this metal scene, uh, the hardcore scene with soul sick, um, which was metal, we were in a hardcore scene because there was no metal scene. Right. I, I was smart enough to know. So sure. this is funny how I got into DA. I was doing a, did I ask you, you know, Mike Beats from the elite? Old old school hardcore band. I don't. I, I know. I know the band, but I don't know. I don't know him. No. He was a hard motherfucker too. So I was in jail with him. Okay. And uh, I was in the kitchen, and one of those, uh, one of them fucking, uh, what are they called? Louis Farrakhan black guys. Okay. Yeah, made a tie out of like his fucking uniform, his uh, uh, jail uniform, and he came in the kitchen, and I had no problem. And him and the boys were gonna jump me. Mike Deeds fucking comes in and just fucking bashed them all up. Right? Mm -hmm. So we became friends and we're talking. He says, where you from? I said, Oceanside. He says, I got boys in there. Uh, Lanzetta. You ever hear of hardcore music? Oh, I shit. Did. I didn't really like it. I was like, but I said, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he says, I'm going to hook you up with them. So Je I got out of jail whenever I got out after that. And uh, I met up. Jeff came and picked me up with um, What's-His-Face. Evan from Biohazard. Oh, good old Evan Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got stories. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's stories, all right. Everybody I even have stories, stories, but go ahead. We used to, everybody, this is the goddamn truth. Back in the day, almost every show, somebody wanted to beat his ass. We'd always have to pull up in the back and he'd jump in and we'd have to drive him home. Uh-huh. That's anyway, sounds, that, that, that's, that, that sounds very much correct. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so I didn't know when he pulls in and uh, he's like, Jeff tell, tells me you rap. And I was like, yeah. He goes, yeah, I rap too. I'm in a band called Biohazard. We're going to be pretty big. I got an album coming out. And I'm just thinking, yeah, whatever, bro. Everybody talk shit like that. Uh -huh. <laughs> I did it. I rap. <laughs> yeah. I went to the bar. We had a good time. And then... uh. A few weeks later, they had Dean Condaleo, who was the original bassist. A lot of people can't even tell the difference because they look like twins. 
Okay. So they threw Dean out, and then Jeff calls him and says, listen, you want to play in DA? And I says, yeah. And he says, uh, okay, there's 13 songs. You got six days to learn, and we're playing at Bond Street Cafe in Manhattan with neglect. Oh, shit. I was like, oh, my God, I was scared shit. So we get on stage, and then people realize I'm not Dean. And they start screaming, Dean, Dean, where's Dean? And oh, then Tyler gets on the mic. He's like, shut the fuck up. I'll kick the <laughs> shit out of you. And it was a good show, but the funny thing, bro, I played every fucking song, half step out of key, and nobody noticed. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. I'm nuts. And then after that, we played... Um, couple of more shows and then we did the seven inch from uh kickback i think in france yeah the for the first one or the black or, or the, the first black time one. the black one yeah with that fucking burnt out and what's wrong and chopped meat and dead world dead yeah world and the fucking yeah man great we turned me on to down tuning and really impressed with his style and and he was getting real metal and i really liked what he was doing and I'm like kind of a guy who like with music, I, I, I want the best for music and I'll put my opinion in if I think it's good. I think that started bothering him because before me, he was the boss. He'd tell everybody what to do. And right. they did it. And um, after that, there was some tension. And then we're playing the fucking, um, what was that? The Hardcore Super Bowl? Okay. Two or three with Sick of It All and Sheer Terror. And I was out the night before partying. I used to take this model, right? She was on swimsuit, illustrated, and everything. Okay. Four years. We're out getting high all night. Gotcha. I'm fucking late. I walk in the back door four minutes before we're fucking going on. They're teaching one of the guys from Sheer Terror how to play the songs on bass. Oh, shit. I walk in and Styler fucking goes, this is your last show, motherfucker. And they laughed at him. Yeah, right. And it was my last show. <laughs> oh, shit. But your last show was the Super Bowl? Yeah. All right. That was probably at the Ritz, right? The old Ritz. Yeah, at the Ritz. Yeah. 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 It was pretty cool, man. And then they, uh, I started doing this thing called Harmony Corruption. I guess it's like a precursor to Stereo Assassin in the early 90s. Okay. I started, and started mixing metal and industrial and hip hop. And um, I made tapes. And it was getting really good reviews in the local magazines. And yeah. kids were passing the tapes around. And apparently, I wasn't talking to DX. They threw me out. Jeff called me. He says, dude, this, this is bad. VOD. You got to hear them. So I went over. I listened. I'm like, they're good. He goes, they fucking love Harmony Corruption. They, wanna, they want DA and Harmony Corruption to play with them at the right track in. And I said, uh, dude, it's just me on the sampler. He goes, right. DA, back in band. Oh, shit. So we did that show. And then a few months later, they actually do it again at the Roxy out on the island. With like VOD, neglect, everybody was there. Yeah. And we got in a fucking fist fight in front of fucking like, almost a fist fight in front of like 500 people. No shit. Yeah, yeah. I get a little fucking heated. And Jeff just fucked up the song because he was too stoned. And I just turned around and I was like, the fuck are you doing? He kicked his drums, like fucking took a swing at him. Uh, Reed threw his guitar down. He's like, this is why I can't play with you. You're a fucking <laughs> tough guy. You think you're a tough guy. And uh, that was my famous exit. <laughs> <laughs> I was only at that club. I was only at the Roxy one time in my life for some reason. 
Best show I saw there, but worst, I don't understand it. Cannibal Corpse in 311. <laughs> what the fuck is that lineup doing together? No fucking clue, bro. No idea. Yeah, when I went there, it was, um, I don't remember who opened, but it was Biohazard and Sick of It All. And then, like, during the Biohazard set, they stopped and they let, like, Toby from H2O do, like, that one song that they had, My Love Is Real, like, Minus with Marauder came out and did, like, one song. But it was basically Biohazard and Sick of It All. But I had a horrible time because I was fucking, I was on acid and I had a really fucking, I was in a weird place because I didn't know it. It was jam-packed and I was skitzing out on the acid. So, it like, it, it, it fucked me up. So it wasn't like a good time. Yeah, I, I've never. I'm fucking nuts enough. I've never taken acid, man. I don't. I'm on a permanent acid trip. Yeah, yeah. This is this. I'm, this is we're talking 1993. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. I, I get it. Yeah. Before uh, Biohazard got big, we were DA. I wasn't in the band, man. I was just hanging around with them. DA and Biohazard was like this, bro. Yeah, they I'm sure. Doing shows and everything, and this, that, the other thing. And then what I think happened is, and uh, well, Jeff's away right now. And even if he hears it, what's he going to do? I, I probably beat him up like 20 times. We've been best friends for like 35 years. <laughs> <laughs> One time I fucking knocked him out with a cast. I broke my wrist, threw it outside the fight. I just fucking hit him in the head and knocked him out. We're <laughs> oh always friends again, though. Yeah, you think you're married. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh. Biohazard started pulling away. Well, DA had the same opportunity Biohazard had, but Reed, being as weird as he was, he was hardcore. He didn't want that. He wanted to be in grimy basements, man. I mean, he was real hardcore. Right. And um, that kind of pissed them off a little bit, the other guys. And then, uh, then what I think happened was, well, you know some of the lyrics of the original Biohazard, like Howard Beach. Of course, the, the, those the demos, especially the yeah. demos before the record, those right. two demos, yeah, of yeah. course. So, yeah, a lot of people don't know that. I don't have to go in anymore, Google it. But they were trying to get away from that. And yes. DA was still doing USA rules and everything. And plus, Jeff would get really fucking drunk all the time. And he was super annoying. That's one of the times I beat him up. We were at a bar, but he wouldn't leave you the fuck alone. And I knocked him out. But he would harass everybody, and they didn't want him around. He, they like we love him, but he's a fucking horrible drunk. Yeah, kind of branched apart, and that was it. And then the last time I saw, uh, well, two times, I made a Harmony Corruption uh, third CD uh, cassettes back then, and we're sitting in the back of Roxy, me and the old bassist for DA, who's now back in there, and we're doing that fucking thing in the car. We're listening to it, Harmony Corruption. And Evan comes over and he goes, hey, this is good. Who is it? I said, it's me. He goes, well, why didn't you ask me to play bass? And Dean leans over and goes, because you suck. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last time I actually saw him was we went upstate to watch them play somewhere. And um, all of a sudden, I'm outside. The show's going on. They're not playing, though. He comes running down the hallway. He's like, dude. Could you help me out? I was like, yeah, I'm busy. And he just took off running. And 10 minutes, five minutes later, my boy Mark Rossler from my town, he was doing some metal band, I forget the name. He's all pissed. He's like, yo, you seen fucking Seinfeld? I'm like, yeah, he went that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
He took off running after him. Yeah, Evan, Evan had, a, had a way of pissing off people for some fucking reason. I don't know why. What? It was a little arrogance. A, l- a little bit. Hey, listen, I don't care. I'll put it out there because everyone who knows Evan or knows of Evan already knows this. He's always been arrogant. Yeah, when he been. when he was still delivering pizza for Lenny and John's on Flatbush Avenue, when Biohazard had their first demo out, he was already arrogant. Well, Jeff told yeah, Jeff told me he's not even from Brooklyn. He's a Valley Street, right? Yeah, but he's <laughs> you know Brooklyn, Brooklyn. I mean, oh. I'm from Brooklyn, but I felt a long time ago. I was a kid, right? Yeah, see, I see. I can say I'm from Brooklyn. I was born and raised in Brooklyn. I live in Brooklyn now. Of course, I moved around. I lived in Miami. I lived in North Carolina. I was in the service, but I'm in Brooklyn now. I was born. What happened? Very North Carolina. There's only one person that's ever heard of this place. It's called. It was called King North Carolina. Never heard of it. Of course you did. There's one person that I couldn't believe that they even heard of it. Um, you know, I right, live here now. Well, I, I, well, yeah, you live like Wilmington or something? Yeah, 10 minutes from the beach. I bought a gorgeous house. Nice. So, no, see, I live right next to a place called Pilot Mountain. And that then the, that, that's like 10 minutes from King. King, North Carolina is, is this big. Is it in the mountains out west? Yeah. And it's it's, actually, it's know, about twenty five. It's about twenty minutes to a half hour from Winston Salem. Um, you know, tension moved down here. Okay, and I think near that in that area. Okay, yeah, I was about twenty minutes, about twenty minutes and a half hour from Winston Salem, and about a half hour to forty minutes from Greensboro. Yeah, they're in that area, man. I'm gonna okay. try to get a show down here and see what happens, but. They're playing with fucking Derek from Neglect now. Okay. And he's he's more famously, and I'll just say this, a douche than fucking Evan. <laughs> this guy. See, I, has, see I, I don't know Derek personally, so I have no opinion. Oh, my God. Oh, my. Uh, dude, he called me up two years ago. He's like, I'm putting a band together. It's going to be me, uh, Jaw from Berserkers. Okay. And um, John LaFada from Sick of It All and every other band in the world. And I said, great. And I said, a week later, I said, send me the, we had a show book. I'm like, send me the songs. He's like, all right, tomorrow. Tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. And then that was it. I never heard from him again. And I heard he does that all the time. I heard he had a show and his wife called and was like, I need you home now. He just took his gear and left. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Guys are fucked. Musicians are fucked up, man. Yeah, you are all fucked up. But then again, who isn't fucked up? Yeah, but we're especially fucked up. (laughs) Being from New York, that doesn't help us either. Yeah. We're we're eccentric. We got that fucking accent. Dude, my accent down here. Oh, bro. When When I lived in North Carolina, I fucking stuck out like... I know. Brutal. Like, I go into a gas station... I'm like, yeah, let me get a box of Marlboro. They look at me like I'm fucking nuts. Like, you ain't from here, is you? I'm like, no, of course I was. Of course, I was born and raised right up the fucking road. Yeah. Say that? Yeah, yeah, born and raised right up the road. You didn't know? Oh, yeah. They were looking at me. They say that to me, too. All my boys like, dude, they're going to fucking, your personality and your fucking accent, they're going to hate you. 
Yeah. I, I didn't find that. The girls fucking, they think it's a turn on for the girls. <laughs> the only thing I don't like is if they say, you from Boston? Dude, I'm from uh-huh. Knock you the fuck out. Yeah, but I, I've gotten that before. You from Boston? Like, what? What Jersey. Jersey, yeah. Jersey Shore. They're all from New York anyway, motherfucker. Right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, man. But like, especially like when I was in the service, I used to get that a lot. Like, I'd be in like, I was stationed in New Mexico. I'm in Alaska. I'm all over. You from Boston? Like, what, dude? Like, yeah, no. That, it's New York, but you know, our rivalry. I, when yeah. I was in the service, too, they used to ask me, seriously, they'd be like, you got trees there? Did you ever see a tree? Did they have trees in Brooklyn? Oh, yeah. Bro, people are fucking retarded and ignorant, bro. It's, it's like ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I told this story. I actually, it's hilarious. I did a podcast episode. It was almost surreal for me because I never thought I'd get the opportunity. I did one just with my fucking drill instructor from 25 years get the ago. fuck out of here. Bro, it was fucking awesome because he's mad cool. So... We were bullshitting like on Facebook and then there was a few things that that like I mentioned to him that happened and it and it finally started coming back to him and then he remembered me or at least he remembered the time frame. So I asked him if I wanted, if, you know, if he wanted to do this and I was telling stories, man. It's just like I got one of the drill instructors called me over and I'm standing there and fucking attention. And you know how it is. They try to break your military bearing and shit. So I'm in boot camp. So they see my last name. It's fucking Ferrari, just like the car, right? So they, so he looks at me. He's probably I don't know where he's from, but he has this fucking Texas accent, and he looks at my Italian names, right? And but me being being me, a half a jerk off that I am, he's like, so Ferrari. He's like, where are you from? And now, now me, I can't, I can't just say I'm from New York. I have to be the asshole and say I'm from Brooklyn, New York. That's what I'd say. Of course, and we can't help ourselves. So you- I, I say that. The next thing out of his mouth, he asks me if his car was safe in the parking lot with me being on base. Like, I'm going to jack his car. I'm like, and I can't laugh. I'm not allowed to laugh right at that moment. I was bugging out in my head, bro. That's funny. When you said uh, when they try and break you, yeah. There's two reasons they'll break you in boot camp. One is to weed out the weak. Sure. But if they hit you especially hard and give you a really extra hard time, they did that to me. I Big think they did that to you. Because they think you're the leader. Yeah. Yeah, they fucked so with me. Extra hard. I was doing push-ups because I was just like rebellious. Dude, yeah. we snuck into the fucking, at night, we snuck into the drill sergeant's office. Oh, yeah, we did that, too. I did that. I, I admitted all of the shit to my drone truck that broke we into stole, civilian luggage. We stole his hat. His, his fucking drill His sergeant. smoky the bear hat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good shit. And I was fucking great, man. And then yeah. we off to Korea. Oh, fuck. See, I got lucky, bro. I was in from 96, like, basically in the one period over the last God knows how many years when we weren't at war. So I was in during peacetime. It just felt like I worked for a fucking big company. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I, got thrown, I got thrown out after three years anyway. Why did they throw you out? I got ratted out for smoking pot. I got the same story. I didn't me, me, and five, me and five other people all got ratted out. Well, one kid ratted us out. 
and all five of us got thrown out, including the rat. So he didn't gain nothing. I had the same situation, kind of. I was, um, I had a tough upbringing, and I was a tough kid, a little psychopath, too. I was yeah. really angry and, you know, I'm ready to fight anybody. I get and it. I'm 18, and they put me in fucking Korea, and we're not at war, so all I do is drink. Yeah. And I fucking knocked out a fucking master sergeant. I knocked him the fuck out. And it was like my third time hitting someone. So the captain calls me and he goes, you're a fucking great soldier, but a horrible drunk. We're sending yeah. you home. But they gave me an honorable discharge. Full honorable. Wow. I got, yeah. a, I got general. I got a general. It wasn't, you know, people, people always say, oh, is it dishonorable? Like, like they don't realize what you got to do in order to get a dishonorable discharge. Like, you got to do some really fucked up shit to get a dishonorable. I got a general discharge on the honorable conditions. And it didn't fuck me up in life at all. You know what I mean? Well, people don't even understand. They ask me, like, oh, you were in the army? How'd yeah. you get kicked out? I said, but I got an honorable discharge. And they're like, is that bad? Yeah, yeah. People are dumb. People are just yeah, fucking stupid. Yeah. You can't send an 18-year-old fucking kid drinking and angry. No. Korea with a bunch of other 18-year-olds who were drinking and angry. That's all I did too. I mean, once boot camp was over, I probably I, I always I mean I'm sober now. I haven't drank in like almost seven years. You know, they over the past 14 years, I was sober for eleven of them. But like I was I was bad for a lot of years. And when I was in the service, I probably did my most amount of drinking. Yeah, me too. It was peacetime and all of my money went to booze and every one of my friends, they were all partying. You know what I mean? We're all partying constantly. I went to booze and Korean hookers. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Dude, that, funny story. I, I got in a fight with a Marine. Okay. And he was the tallest Puerto Rican I've ever seen. He was like 6'2". And we got in a fight. And I got to tell you this. Me and two of my boys. He was a Marine. and We were in the Army. And that's what you do in a bar. You fight the Marines and they fight the Army. I have met. And I've had literally. Jimmy, I've literally had over 100 street fights. And okay. maybe lost two. Literally. I'm not lying. This guy was the toughest fucking dude I ever fucking fought. There's three of us. Punching the fuck out of putting glass wine bottles over his head. He's whipped up, bleeding. And then they used to have stoves to heat the bars. And, and we put his face on the top of the stove, burnt <laughs> his cheek off. He still kept going. Fucking guy. He has retard strength. Yeah. If I ever saw that guy again, I, I would shake his hand. I'd yeah, like, I was gonna say you're gonna shake his hand. It's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, he was he was he was impressive. Uh, <laughs> and then there was another time that. The M- I don't know what I did. The MPs were fucking chasing me. And back then, I was there in Korea in 84, 84, 85. And it was, it wasn't, it was a third world country. I was up on the DMZ. And they didn't have toilets. They had just holes. The holes. Yeah. And you sh- they shit in them. Yeah, you should go shit in a hole. The truck used to come around. And the alarm would go off. We'd have to put gas masks on because when they're draining the shit out, you'll pass out. It's not yeah, it's there. fucking brutal. Yeah. I'm, one night I'm drunk running from the fucking MPs. What do I do? I step and fall in the fucking shithole. Oh, God. Die, bro. <laughs> it was disgusting, man. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. I wonder why I got like asthma, rheumatoid arthritis. <laughs> yeah, you're all fucked up. Well, look what you put yourself through. I get it. I don't know how I'm still fucking breathing, bro. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing, man. Uh, I'm, 50, I'm 56. Uh, I'm 45, and I think back, like, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking sometimes, but. Well, I was out of control like you, and I was, I've been arrested way too many times, and uh, they, nobody thought I would go past 30. Not my parole officer, not my counselors, not the judge, not my family, friend, not even me. Yeah. Now, now, 26 years over my expiration date. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah. I've been shot. I've been stabbed. I've been in car accidents where everybody died except me. Yeah. And, you know, it was rough. And um, and not only that, I, I was telling my cousin the other night, I'm like, I can't believe I'm still alive and everybody's dead. You have a lot of dead friends, right? Fuck it up, bro. So many. Like, yeah. there was somebody, it was like I was talking with my daughter. And like I have an 11 year old little girl and like we're driving somewhere and like my phone goes off. I get a text that so-and-so died. I'm like, Jesus Christ. She's like, what's the matter? I'm like, ah, oh, a friend of mine from blah, blah, blah died. And she's like, and she even said, she's like, dad, she's like, how come so many of your friends are dead? Heroin. It's all kinds of shit. All well, for me, shit. when I was in my twenties and thirties, all my boys were suicide, drunken driving, heroin, yeah. you know, even cocaine, fucking heart attacks. Yeah. But, um, and then I said, uh, I said to my, and not only, I said to my cousin, and not only am I still alive, my two, nobody would ever bet all three computers would be alive and successful in their 50s. It's fucking nobody. crazy. And yeah. uh, I got a little bit of survivor's guilt, like, a lot of guys died that like way better than me. Like I deserved it more than them. Yeah, but don't have survivors. Go fuck that, bro. You're a fucking survivor. You made it through. You proved people wrong. Fuck them. Yeah, man. When I got, I broke my neck a few years ago. That's how I wound up down here. We settled. I worked for Local 79 in Manhattan construction. Yeah. And it was a bad accident. And it broke my neck, broke my shoulder, brain damage. And after like three years, Four years, they settled for almost a million dollars, something like that. Okay. And my back um, pension, they gave me my pension and the back pension and my health insurance. It was like another 75 grand. And then with the back disability, it was another 75 grand. Right. And, um, but I remember laying in ICU. I was like almost dead. And my friend calls me. He's a douche. This guy snapped. I love him, but he's a wise ass. And he okay. goes, I go, hello. He goes, you're the most unlucky fucking guy in the world. And then he pauses. He goes, well, maybe you're the fucking luckiest. Yeah, or maybe you're the luckiest. I'm fucking goddamn right. It's all about perspective, bro. It's all about how you look at shit. You're damn Listen, right. I'm down here now, man. I could, With all that money, I couldn't live in New York. because I. No way. It would be gone. It would be gone. You, you can't buy nothing. What are you going to buy? You can buy a house, but then it's, you're fucked. Let me tell you something. This house I bought, right? It's a nice house. Two bedrooms, a den where my studio is, living room, kitchen. It's really nice. Two bedrooms, hot tub, big yard. I paid 173 grand for it. Yeah. I did a comparison in New York, oh. on Long Island. It would have cost 400 grand. Oh, yeah. The property tax in New York for this would have been 13000 You know what I pay a year down here? I am not. 650 bucks. I was going to say, probably less than $1,000. Yeah. 
Ridiculous. Bro, I rented, when I, when I lived in North Carolina, I rented an entire house. It was just me and my girlfriend at the time. Now she's my ex-wife and the mother of my kid. But we were just, we were just dating, basically. But we went down there. It was a whole house. Four bedrooms, giant kitchen, two bathrooms on like an acre and a half of land, driveway, brand new fucking everything, marble, everything, 700 a month. Look yeah. at this dog. 700 yeah, a month. That's my boy. <laughs> 700 a month, bro. That's insane, man. All my <laughs> friends were like, dude, get a condo. I was like, first off, I got a fucking 120-pound two-year-old German Shepherd. Yeah. Get a condo. And I've got this fucking music studio. Right. I've been up since, Jesus Christ, probably about 26 hours. I'm working on an album. I've been okay. practicing for 26 hours. Okay. <laughs> you ever go to the studio and you think you're there two hours and it's 15 hours later? Oh, it happens. It happens like when I'm on this, like 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 when I'm like creating like a flyer or something like that for an episode. Oh yeah, it'll be a half hour. Next thing you know, it's fucking six hours later. Yeah, I look at the yeah. time. It's like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, sure. I get into the flyer making too. You know what it is though? At least for me, maybe for you, you tell me what the fly is and the music. I, I'm too I pick on the minutiae. Now, nobody too. else will ever notice. So I made a decision to practice good enough. Stop. Good enough. Yep. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to do that. I've been trying to do that. But there was, I mean, in the beginning, I would take, dude, it would take me like three days to do a flyer. Because I, I would be for the first day, but you want to keep tweaking it. And I'm zooming in 5,000% to make a line of some background shit that nobody's ever going to fucking notice. And then you get I a better idea. It. Yeah, then you get a better idea and fucking ditch the picture. It's just that. a whole fucking thing that you spent six hours doing and then you get mad for a minute, but then you get into this whole other... Bro, I, I get it. I'm very OCD when it comes to certain shit like that. I got, I got a good story about flyers. I, one of the good things that I'm really good at, I'm a fucking amazing promoter, right? Okay. Amazing. And I really am. I'm really good at it. So when Soul Sick was doing that first show, I had just got out of jail. I'm 30 years old. I'm, I'm fooling around with some girl. And we fooled around at a house and we're walking down. There's a bit odd. Oh, Who's is that? And she says, oh, that's my brother's. He's in school. He was in high school. I said, when does he come home? She said, well, not tonight. He's out, uh, but he'll be home tomorrow at three. So I made sure I was there. Little long head fish, Grateful Dead guy. Uh-huh. I said, dude, you want to play in a metal band? He's like, yeah. Then he yeah. had two other guys from the high school, and that was it. I started writing the songs, and it just took off. So we play our first show, and I'm thinking stupidly that uh, our songs are so good, the place is going to be packed. Right. Who's there? Our relatives and a couple of friends. And the bartender. Right, right. Even cool. though I handed out the flyers. So I got this idea. The next show, I made a flyer saying MTV is coming to shoot um, a documentary about Long Island Hardcore. <laughs> they weren't coming. I made it up. Of course. It's brilliant, though. The place is fucking packed. And if people get ready to go on, everybody's like, where's MTV? Where's... Finally, I'm like, we go up, I get on the mic. I'm like, you know, MTV was supposed to be here, but their band broke down. But, you know, stay for the show and they'll be at the next one. 
You, I can't tell you how many fucking cats came up to me afterwards and were like, dude, I'm glad I fucking stayed. That was fucking great. Yeah, I, I mean, it's good marketing, bro. Fuck it. MTV's van broke down. What? Hey, man. <laughs> People will fucking buy anything. I was paying all these little kids to go to Nassau College and put flyers in the, all the cars and shit. Mm-hmm. Anything you got to do, man. Yeah, man. So how long How long did Soul Sick, you know, how long were you doing Soul Sick for? We got really big, really fast. We were with um, um, several and eight bookings, the Creamies. Sure. And um, we were like together like six years. And uh, we got, we were just playing with every, if you came to New York, Long Island, I don't care who you were, the biggest bit, Incubus, yeah, we had to open for you. And uh, we got, we were really good. And people always ask, because we started with another bunch of bands and they didn't have what we had. And they asked me and I would tell them, because when you go in the studio, you bring like 30 gar- girls, a bunch of weed, two cases of beer, you don't get nothing done. Right. You rehearse three times a week, two hours a night, nobody's allowed in, no drinking, no smoking. It, and it, just take care of shit, yeah. Yeah, and you get it done. And, and I told my boys, I said, listen, it's going to get boring, but we want to get these songs where you can play it asleep. Sure. So this way you can fucking, you know, do your thing on stage. Yeah, man. Now, it fucking took off, man. It really took off. So the, I sent the Creedies had a, um, a call for, like, music. Um, they were going to do some compilation to send in a tape. And I sent in my tape. About a month later, I get a phone call from Maria Creedy. And she says, uh, you know, I'm Maria Creedy. This, uh, I didn't know she was a big name. I never heard of her. She was biggest booking agency on the East Coast for metal. And uh, I thought it was a joke, and I hung up on her. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling somebody about it, like, dude, got to call her back. She's for real. So I called, and they signed us, and we got close. And then they signed us to a record deal, and they got... um. They paid like 20 grand. They had, uh, we got Carly Coma and Ken Schaub to appear on a couple of tracks. Sure. And we had, um, what's his face from uh, Leeway? AJ Novello. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I didn't like the way it came out. I, I didn't like the way it came out. And then Ken Creedy really never fucking pushed it. He was going to give it to another label. So it just all fell apart. Okay. And, uh, we just, we would just do shows, bro. We would do any show. We did a fucking sweet 16. There you go. <laughs> That's and awesome. And loved it, bro. Yeah. yeah but you got these guys, they get fucking one show with like fucking 150 people and they're like, oh, we're too good for sweet 16. I'll do anything, bro. Yeah, why the fuck not, man? No one's too good for nothing, especially when you're on that level. Fuck that. Yeah, yeah. Then we started getting asked to be on comps and people started asking us to open up. And, you know, we had a good time. But, again, I, I got this personality that sometimes rubs people the wrong way. I, I, I like music the way I want it. I hear it in my head. Yeah. And, I, and we, got a, we got a second drummer. And he was a scumbag. <laughs> the first day in the studio, we're recording our album for the Creedies. And he, he, it's his first day. And I have a line at the end of a song, and it says, um, I'm going down for my country and God. And he's like, he's in the fucking 
producer's booth, pushing the producer, hitting the fucking pause button. And he's like, you got to change those lyrics. Uh, I don't believe in God. I walked out. I looked. I said, you're here fucking two hours, bro. Keep your fucking mouth shut. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, forget it. In, 20, in 2021, people are fucking, will fucking have a heart attack over that shit. Now, let me ask you, because I get confused. I got that brain damage. I forget everything. Who were you playing with over the years? Who did I? I, know, I was never in a band. Really? Never. And, and so many people were like, how are you never in a band? I was never in a band. There's some people who are in a band of musicians and some people just like like the music and love it and do what you do. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've, I mean, I've been going to shows. I mean, my first show was like 89 and I was like 14, you know? So, and I've been going to shows ever since, you know, I mean, so many people like are probably sick of this little story about what I'm going to say, but I mean, I, I was a metalhead, and then I went to Lamore's to go see Suicidal Tendencies on the Lights, Camera, Revolution tour. And was it Brooklyn or Queens? No, nah, Brooklyn. And, and the two opening bands were White Zombie and Leeway. Really? And then, yeah, the first band on was White Zombie. They looked like a bunch of homeless people. Yeah. They, they weren't signed to Geffen yet. They were very noisy. They weren't big at all. And then uh, Leeway came on, and Leeway was the band that basically turned me on to like hardcore, even though they were a crossover band, they, they came out and I'm like, what the fuck is going on now? Fucking desperate measures, bro. Bro, bro, they came out, they opened up, like they, they did, it was a, a, a it was a, a brand new, not finished version of Futurism, what it used to be, the last song of Desperate Measures, but Desperate Measures wasn't out yet. It was supposed to be out, but it was delayed. And then they went right into Rise and Fall. And when that shit came on, I watched Lamores explode. And I'm yeah. like, yo, what the fuck? And I went out and I bought Born to Expire. And the guy who sold me that was like, if you like that, you'll like this. And he sold me Agnostic Front, Liberty and Justice. And, that, and it was perfect because it's, they're both very metal records. So it kind of, it was the perfect segue into hardcore. And then I went backwards with Agnostic Front. And then it spiraled from there. And then, of course, Sick of It All and the Mad Balls and, yeah. you know, all that stuff. And then that's what launched me. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've been going favorite. to shows forever. My favorite album from them was Desperate Measures. It's incredible, bro. It's fucking it's incredible. 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 with him as a producer on the album. <laughs> bro, it's an incredible record. Do you listen to that record now? It's like, and they were, they were a band that didn't sound like anybody. They did their own shit. They would stay with, they would, they set themselves apart. And it's just well, fucking. Everybody. I had, I had, Eddie, I had Eddie on here twice. I had Eddie on here twice. And it was. Yeah. I had him on here two times. He's a good guy. But everybody talked about anthrax. I'm the man. But that's all they did. But Leeway was like leaning that way in a much bigger sense. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they were hitting hard. They were crossing over like, man, I love that shit. Those guys. Yeah. Oh, me too, bro. All four. Yo, people, listen, I get it. It's most people, their favorite record is Desperate Measures or Born to Expire. But their four records are all incredible. I love all four of their records. Yeah. And they're really nice guys, too. Yeah. Yeah. 
Exactly. No, that always helps, man. That always helps, you know. And listen, there's, there's, it's like an actor. Like they could be a fucking asshole actor, but I'll put it, you know, I'll put it to the side because you know whatever their personal shit is. But you know they're a fucking great actor, and I'll watch their movie. You know, it's the same with music. Like there's some people I'm just not a fucking fan of, but you can't deny they're bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're good. But the only thing I didn't like about the album that he did, I fucking hate reverb. I hate yeah. reverb. That's why I love the producer, Terry Date. He took all the reverb out of Pantera. Yeah. And it, he put so much reverb on our fucking album, sounding like White Snake in the 80s. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, uh, rest in peace, Tony Contain, huh? Oh my God, she was a hot girl. Yeah. Drugs, right? What's that? Was it drugs for her? I, uh, probably. You know what else? I just read. Remember Night Court? Yes. That the hot chick, the blonde, Marky Post. Oh, she's dead? Died yesterday. Oh, really? That's terrible. She had fucking cancer. Oh, uh, see, see, that's terrible. Yeah, that's hard, man. Yeah. My, my funniest thing is uh, I love when people say, I don't do heroin. I try it. It's not my thing. Everybody says, you know, there's no successful heroin users. I say, really? Johnny Winter used heroin for like 60 years. He died at 83. <laughs> I would call that pretty successful. Yeah, pretty much. Look at fucking fucking uh, Keith Richards, bro. What the fuck? Yeah. Even Clapton. Yeah. <laughs> listen, listen, kids, don't start doing heroin because you're probably not going to wind up like Keith Richards. Dude, I was at a super joint ritual show somewhere in Brooklyn. They were playing with Sepulchre and fucking uh, Phil comes out high out of his fucking face. Uh-huh. Rants between songs. And he actually stopped like 10 minutes, went on a rant about how great heroin is. Literally then said, if anybody wants to try heroin for the first time, let me know. I will take you backstage and get you high. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> and I'm thinking, maybe he's got blood. How do I get rid of this girl? <laughs> Nice. Fuck. All right. So now how the fuck, how the fuck did you get yourself involved with the stereo assassin? Because you have a bunch of shit out, man. Yeah, I put a lot of stuff out. Um, after Soul Sick, um I don't know a lot of stories in there, but um I, I just got tired of fucking arguing with people. Yeah. I sitting here, I have probably about a hundred grand worth of fucking equipment. And my computer, I don't have to do nothing. I got guitars all over the place, and I don't have to fucking fight with nobody. Yeah, there you go. But um, Solzik was funny. There was, uh, I told you, I got arrested with, uh, playing with Candiria. No. Yeah. Didn't, you, was, did, didn't you, get, you, did, you get arrested right off the stage, bro? Yeah, yeah. All so, right. Paint the picture. How did that fucking night start out? <laughs> I started the night before. I was in there passing out flyers, drinking, getting drunk, doing my thing. And I don't know for what reason, but it was getting late. And I saw the fucking owner, like, talking about me to people and looking, and they were laughing. And I was getting fucking annoyed. So I said something to him. So two minutes later, this fucking huge bouncer comes over. He picks me up by my fucking neck. I'm like two feet off the floor. This guy's tremendous. And I was like, what am I going to do? So I fucking headbutted him. And he dropped me for a second. 
And I wasn't going to fight him. I was trying to run out the back Yeah, door. yeah, sure. But he grabbed me, and he got on top of me, and I bit his fucking nipple off. <laughs> you never heard a fucking 250-year-old man hit a fucking octave like Mariah Carey. Carey <laughs> <laughs> so, computer was biting nipples off in clock. I got another story. Wait, wait. So... They call me the next day, the show's the next day, and they're like, listen, we have 400 tickets sold. We fired the fucking bouncer. He won't be here. Please do the show. So they convinced me. So I come in. Everybody's like, fucking, my band goes on. I'm, I'm, I'm like fucking Liberace. The band goes on first, like Tim Williams and VOD. And then I come out, and everything, yeah, they're going nuts and shit like that. They love it. I know how to put the audience like. And, right. um, so I get on the mic and I'm like, yo, what's up? And everybody's cool and it's dark. But I see fucking sh- shit and the people coming towards us in the crowd. And this, they're all shining. Turn out their badges. The lights were in their badges. And they walked up with the bouncer. He goes, that's him. And they walked on stage and they fucking coughed me. They took me outside. And I remember the sergeant, this guy was big. The sergeant came and he says, uh, What's this? They go, assault. He goes, so why is a little guy in handcuffs? Yeah. The cop goes, because he kicked the big guy's ass. <laughs> they took me to what was uh, in Rockwell Center, Incorporated, a little town. So they took me to that precinct. And all of a sudden, I hear yelling and screaming. I'm in the jail cell. I'm hearing yelling and screaming. And a cop comes back, and I swear to God, he goes, what are you, fucking John Lennon? Or what do you mean? He goes, there's like fucking 50 kids out there fucking trying to post your bail. And he goes, and your fucking father's here, who's a retired NYPD cop. Oh, shit. All of us all scumbags and pieces of shit. Don't we got anything better to do? And this, that, the other thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> By the time I got out, I met, we couldn't play. Pandaria played. So the next day, um, a radio station called. And they had heard that uh, I was listening to it. And the DJ was saying, it was a metal station, and they were saying, uh, we heard there was a Soul Six show with Candiria, and Kevin got arrested, uh, he stabbed somebody. Uh, right. So I called, and, I, and he's like, oh, we got Kevin on the phone, we're going to take a commercial break, he's going to explain everything. Then I get a, another call while I'm waiting for the commercial, it's Maria Creedy, like our manager, and she says, don't Fucking don't you dare tell the truth. Let them think you stabbed somebody. That's the best fucking publicity in the world. <laughs> there you go. Fuck yeah, it is. That was pretty cool, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. That's fucking funny. We, we had a lot of good times with, with, with Soul Sick. And um, I don't know, man. We, just, we, were, we, were, we were doing really good. Then I got involved with the fucking partying again. To be honest, I was fucking stealing our merchandise, money, and shit like that. And yeah. The band was like, where's the merchandise? It's like, somebody must have stolen it, you know? Yeah. And, and then I would justify, be like, you know, they're too stupid to believe that 10 times in a row, then fuck them. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. I, 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 get, I get it. I get it. When you're in that, 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 that mentality, I understand that. Sure. Yeah, man. You got to do what you got to do. And yeah. then I was showing up late, and I was like, I was just being really um, bizarre and shit like that. And then they called me and I said, we're having a fucking meeting. And I said, yeah, I made this band. Yeah. I made you. 
This is my band. You don't call the meetings. I call them. I'm so arrogant. And uh, <laughs> they're like, okay. And then the next day, my guitarist called me and goes, there's no more salsa. And that was just the end of it. And that was that, huh? That, that was, we tried to play it. We played at Stony Brook. We had a, remember Reach? The band Reach? No. Yeah, you, you would if you saw them. They, they suck. But, <laughs> but Listen, a lot of bands fucking suck, bro. Well, you know why they suck? Whatever was fucking popular in that month, they would fucking sound like them and dress like them. Oh yeah, that that that, that band is terrible, then. Yeah, exactly. It was hard. Yeah. And um, so what was I saying about them? Uh, I, I lost my fucking. Track. Somebody from Reach. Yeah, I can't remember where I was going with it, but it was probably funny. (laughs) That's what happens. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, these fucking. So here's another good uh, um, bloody situation. (laughs) I went to my first hardcore show uh, a couple of weeks after I got out of jail and Jeff asked me to play in Bond Street. That was really my first experience. But we went to see there was an old bar in Belmore. And it was the Berserkers, Disciplinary Action, I think some other big band, like maybe Tension or uh, Trip House or Trip Face or, and, um, and the Elite with Mikey right. Deep, the guy from jail who fucking saved me. Right. And um, the guy didn't know what he booked, the owner. So when everybody started marching, he kept shutting off the power. People would boo, but it was like 200 people there. She did it like three times, and he says, You guys do it one more time, the show's over. Uh-huh. And he fucking cuts the power. And now there's a big circle around, it's like berating everybody, and he's pointing his finger. Not none towards me personally, but he focused on me and kept putting his finger in my face. And we're all circled around him. I said, Listen, dude, you point that fucking finger in my face one more time, I'm gonna bite it off. He's like, oh, you're a tough guy. And he went like this, and I bit the tip of his finger off. There's a hundred people. You can ask anybody. Right. I took it out of my mouth. I held it up. The nail, the fit, you know, the last part, the whole finger here. Yeah. I took it out of my mouth. I said, I told you I was going to bite your fucking finger off. Mm-hmm. And I, I just flung it across the bar. I said, now go find it, you mutt. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I walk outside. I'm like, holy shit. Well, I didn't know the scene. Everybody's going to hate me. They're going to think I'm a piece of shit. But then everybody came out. They're like, yes, I be boys and all them. You're like, dude, you're the fucking coolest. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're biting off nipples. You're biting off fucking fingers. It's nice. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not like that now. I <laughs> know. <laughs> all right. I mean, I- I, I haven't been put in a situation where I had to. Right, there you go. Of course. It's probably, it's in you somewhere, but it's just lying dormant. Yeah, yeah. I do a lot of fucking yoga and meditation and shit oh. like that. All right. And that helps a lot. But sometimes, man, sometimes I just want to fucking punch someone in the face. <laughs> Listen, I get it. I fucking get it. A hundred percent. Especially yeah, what nowadays. Are, what, what are best, one of the coolest things I, I remember is we're playing someplace in Mineola. It was actually a, like a fucking catering hall for weddings. Okay. And it was us, Hatebreed, Madball, Sick of It All, 
It was a great lineup. Candiria. So we did our set, and, and, and this was mostly guys coming from Long Island from the five boroughs where we weren't that well-known. We were known, but we weren't famous or anything. Right. Our set, they loved us. And I went into the bathroom to decompress because I go nuts on stage. This fucking big guy comes walking in. His lip is in two pieces, like a snake, uh. and he's gushing blood. And he looks at me and goes, you the fucking singer that last band? And I'm like, oh, this guy's going to fucking kill me. I go, yeah. He goes, dude. He high fives me. He goes, I haven't bled like this in years. Oh, my God. <laughs> you, know, you know what it's like. Of course. That guy's half retarded, but I get it. <laughs> Most of those cats are half retarded. We're 100%. <laughs> I fucking completely get it. So what do you what do you do? With, like, you still going to shows? Well, it really hasn't been shows, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, if there's something, listen, I, I'm not going to mention any particular, like if there's certain bands playing, it's like, I don't need to see certain bands anymore at this point. Or yeah. maybe it's like, all right, so-and-so is playing. It's like, all right, I've seen them 17,000 times. I'm not going to fucking, you know, plus listen, I'm a father. I got a full-time job. I got shit going on. I'm not 17 anymore, but that doesn't make, you know, that I'm not saying that I don't, I'm not going to go to shows. I just pick and choose now. You know what I mean? I'll tell you what, for me, it's, um, I want to be on stage bad. Right. I can't really do stereo assassin. Logistically, it's too electronic with the metal. And it's hard for me to go watch shows when I want to be doing shows. Sure. You know, it just, I'm like, I get jealous. Yeah, I get it. I understand. But, I mean, if there's a really good fucking band, I, I, you know, I'll go check them out. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things coming up. It's more of like a metal show that's coming up that I, that I want to go check out. And, you know, there's a few things coming up, but nothing, like, insane. You know what I mean? It's like some people, you know, some kids, and I get it, you know, people are, are dying to get to a small little local hardcore show or whatever because of fucking coronavirus and all that. I get it. You know, but me, I'm like, all right, it's all right. I saw them last year, right before everything locked down. I'm not dying. You know what I mean? When you get older, it kind of, you know, you got a kid, you got, well, that's one of the reasons. Another reason I don't fucking hit nobody down here. It's not like I'm back in New York and they, right. you know, I got a house, I got money invested. I hurt somebody. They're going to fucking take everything from me. Of course. Yeah. I got a good, I got a good job. I got fuck, you know, it's like, you know, I'm not, I'm nowhere near as angry as I used to be. If this, listen, but listen, if there's a really good lineup and there's like that one band or something like, wow, I haven't seen them in a long time. That would be cool. Then I'll go check it out. You know, who, who would you love to see? What lineup for band? Jesus, like hardcore bands? Any bands. Oh, you put me on the spot, bro. Um, wow. All right. Well, I mean, I mean, there's several. I mean, I haven't seen VOD in a long time. I would, I would go see VOD. Um, last time I saw them was like 2000, like, I don't know, shit. They played Starland uh, several years back. I was there. Yeah, they played with like the Banner and Razorblade Hand Grenade and uh, E-Town Concrete Headline. But I was there for VOD. But, um, and that's when I got introduced to the banner from Jersey. And 
I fucking love that band. Yeah, they're good. It's yeah. funny. E-Town Concrete started around in the 90s with us. Yeah. And it was this, um, you know, uh, a little kind of um, who's better than who and everything. Of course. Like, kind of the same music. Yeah. We from Jersey, we were from New York. I mean, I thought the guy was a good rapper. Um, I think I'm a good rapper, though, but I, I thought our music was better. He might have had the edge on, on the rap, but uh, I thought our music was better. But they were nice guys. They were, they were good guys. I remember we were doing a show somewhere with them and uh, a bunch of other bands. And I think it was Mind Over Matter, George, George Reynolds' band. And uh, E-Town Concrete were like tough guys. Like Furrier Five. Sure. Oh, <laughs> and, sure. And they they decided that Mind Over Matter was playing too long. They just walked on stage and unplugged their fucking shit. And like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, you gotta get your point across. Well, yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. Listen, I went on tour of first. Can I speak? All right, you mentioned VOD. Can I speak freely? Speak freely. You're you, you talking. Have at it. Those guys lived in, I gave them places to live. They lived with me. I gave them all my equipment for my first album. They thanked me on two or three albums. And then there were some cracks going on. And one of the first cracks was when we made this first Soul Sick um, demo. It's called Still Sick and Suffering. It was a party at like Mike Kennedy's house with the cars. And I showed it to them. And they were fucking laughing at it, like making fun of me. And that pissed me off. And they were really laughing at a song called, um, I, I forget what the name was called, but um, a couple of years later, remember Neck, the band Neck? I do. Old. Wow, yeah, I do. Now. Yes, I do. I haven't heard that name in a long time, but yes, I do. Yeah, Larry called me, the drummer. He says, dude, did you hear the new VOD? He goes, the third song is your fucking song. The song they were making fun of and tearing apart, they fucking totally ripped it off from us. <laughs> so that was the first thing. Second thing was like Tim. I had uh, Tim hired me to um, be. He got beat up really bad. His one of his albums. It's hard to see. We got like a hundred stitches in his face. They cut him with a razor or something, and that's the album cover. But it's hard to tell because they pixelized it. Oh, is and it imprint? I think it was imprint. And uh, he asked me to, like, you know, be his protection guy. So I was always with him. And we got really close and everything. Double teaming broads, all sorts of fucking fun shit. And uh, he just, uh, and then the second thing was they were in Japan. And fucking Mike Kennedy calls me. He goes, Kevin. I go, yeah. He goes, just like this. He don't say nothing else. He goes, are you our friends because of you're our friend or are you our friend because his exact words, because we're rock stars. And I just said, you gotta be fucking kidding me, bro. Oh my and I hung up. And then I asked Timmy if he would fucking, we're good friends. If he would have fucking uh, um, sing on a soul sick song. He says, I don't do nothing with rap. And then fucking three months later, he comes out with a song with uh, Nassau Chainsaw, Larry from Neck, the drummer, his new band. It's all rap and Tim singing on And that pissed me the fuck off. I remember and, Nassau Chainsaw. They used to do the crazy shit with the fucking hooks and shit. 
Yeah, so you couldn't see how bad their music sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Let's distract them like a magician. And, uh, also, I was dating this girl, and we we're breaking up, and we had a party, and uh, the bassist from VOD, Mike Fleischman, um, I introduced them. And they wound up getting married like 20 years ago, and they're still married. They got kids. I'm happy for them. The fucking guy will never say hi to me since then. And I was like, dude, I, 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 I want to say this to him, but I think it, I was like, dude, I, you knew I was fucking her in the ass before you married her. Now you're going to have a problem with it? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so a couple of months ago, um, I would always fuck <laughs> once in a while, and, and he stopped taking my fucking calls, and he just, like, blew me off. And I had had enough. I had fucking had enough. I also asked if I can... Uh, if I could do a remix of one of their songs and like, no, we, you, we've done that already. I'm like, dude, I, I let you live in my house. I gave you my equipment. You know, it was just enough, man. Yeah. And I, I just had enough of it. And, uh, but I really, really liked their music and I had, a, that was a great time. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I, I would go, I would definitely, I, I would see DOD. Um, you know, it was a great band, man. And, and, and I'll see the, I, I, I would, I would absolutely, if they were playing locally or whatever, I would definitely see them. Wisdom and Chains is a great fucking band, dude. From, I, heard from, them. I don't know that music. Oh my God. That, that's, that's one, that's one of my favorite bands over the last at least 15 years. They've, they, they've put out several records and there's just something about that band. Yeah, they're hardcore, but they're not, they, they still have like, They'll have like the sing along shit and they'll have their short, fast, crazy songs. And they'll have, they're just a fucking really good band, dude. Wisdom and Chains, man. Great band. I got to check them out. I've heard of them. I've been getting into uh, some of the hardcore shit. Like, the, I'm not a hardcore guy. Right. I was just smart enough to know there's no metal scene. Right. So, Soul Sick has to ingratiate themselves into the hardcore scene. Yeah. And, and it worked. But um, I've been getting into like uh, I've been checking out. The, I, they've been around a while. Rikers, sure, yeah. Rikers, um, I love Scratch the Surface. One of the best hardcore songs ever. Oh yeah, sick. I mean, Sick of It All is probably Gun to My Head. Sick of It All is probably my all-time favorite hardcore band overall. We we did a bunch of shows with them, but we never toured with them. But we toured with Madball, and they're a pretty cool guy. The coolest fucking guys we ever toured with was Marauder. They let us use all their gear, because we had nothing, you know, yeah. nothing. And they were just really cool. The yeah. worst band we toured with was Hatebreed. That fucking yeah. nine-fingered nine fuck. <laughs> uh, but you see, like, I, I, listen, I listen to, like, a lot of fucking, like, a lot of underground hip-hop, like, shit that's not on the radio at all. Oh, yeah, I love the underground shit. You know, like, like, listen, I listen to a lot of fucking, like, Ill Bill and Vinnie Paz and, like, all those guys, Diabolic, like, all those, you know, they, there's so many, you know, rappers that so many people have no idea even exist. Necro. Necro. Well, that's, I mean, Ill Bill is Necro's brother. They were both in that band back in the day, Injustice back in the day. Um, I use a lot of, um, I get a lot of their, uh, I, they put their uh, songs up acapella and I sample the shit out of them. Nice. Well, yeah, Ill Bill, like his shit is incredible. Like Vinny Paz from Philly, like all that underground stuff, like Apathy and Self Titled and all those guys. It's like 
they're so underground, but they've been around for so long and they have a ridiculous catalog and people like aren't hip to it, which maybe sometimes that's, that's a good thing, but their underground following is ridiculous. And it's, it's a cult following because I dated a girl. And there's a lot of people that are fucking underground that love that shit. Yeah, I dated a girl. She was from fucking, she was from Iraq. And I dated her for seven years and she was like a fucking club girl. Fucking, when you start talking about that underground shit, man, she yeah. fucking knew everything, necro, everything, man. Yeah, yeah, man. But what I was saying was, um, my problem with Jamie and Hayfrey was we're on tour with them, and every time we got to a new town, like Boston, somewhere in Virginia, he, he would try, like, oh, this is my cousin's band, they're gonna go out before you, and, and then he would never pay me the right fucking amount of money. Yeah. So finally, I fucking made it, I, I was like, you got two choices. You can punch him in the face or you can call the Creedies. So I called the Creedies and they told him, stop fucking around. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, that's a dick move. Yeah, I, I kind of, I tuned out from Hatebreed right after the, was it the Rise of Brutality album, I think. And then there's maybe like one or two songs on the following record. And then I kind of just tuned out. I hate that tough guy music. Yeah, I'm not. You know who's a great fucking band though? Terra is a great band. I love that band. Terra's a good band. Really? Terra's a good band. Scott Vogel, shout out to Scott. I had him on during the fucking the whole fucking lockdown. And I mean, shout out to Scott Vogel. He's a great dude. A fucking great band. But um, all those new bands now that last 10, 15 years, like the, the they, what do they call tough guy music? And it's all chomp, chomp, chomp. It's all the same shit to me. It's like you gotta really fucking stand out. Um, I'll tell you one band that I saw a lot, and I'll say this with confidence, man. It was, it was a, this is hardcore in Philly. I don't know, maybe three years ago. And there was a band I, I had heard of them. I was a little familiar with their music, but I'll tell you right now, it was probably the hardest set I might've ever seen in my life. It was what a band called? laid to rest. I heard of them. Bro. They had, I mean, I wasn't there necessarily to see them, but I watched all the bands. That band stole that fucking show that whole day out of all the bands that played. It's a band called Laid to Rest, and their set, I was just like, like, I don't know how many times during their songs, I'm like, God damn. Like, they were fucking ridiculous. And when you're playing a lineup, but I don't care what anybody says. You're in a band, and you're playing with like five, six other bands. You want to fucking beat them. You want to be better. Yeah, they fucking, they were the hard, it was the hardest set. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, this band is yeah. ridiculous live. Did you hear of uh, Knock Loose? Of course. I fucking yeah. like them. Yeah, I like them too. I like them. They're blowing up, man. All the fucking little young kids like them. What about that band from uh, Long Island, uh, Johnny Booth? I'm not familiar. I've heard of them. I'm not familiar though. Yeah, it's pretty cool shit, man. It's pretty yeah. And then there's this, um, Band called Alpha Wolf, and they okay. got a show called Akudema. It is just the most brutal shit I've ever heard. And then I like a lot of that metal. I'm, I'm fucking a huge fan of. I wrestled the bear once with that okay. girl singer. Okay. I mean, I love all that fucking really, really heavy shit, man. Sure. But, but I would say my biggest influence. I remember there was a band called Cipher on Long Island. They were part of. Uh, we Cipher. Cipher. Cypher played This Is Hardcore like three or four years ago for the first time in forever. They played on a Thursday night 
and they went on like two or three bands before the original lineup reunion of Youth Today. I, I saw Cypher. Yeah. Mo, the black kid? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you want to hear a fucking great story, man? We, we, we were all part of a bunch of bands on Long Island started out around the same time. And we were like real tight. Every we just a, you know the scene. Everybody's fucking cool, and even the fan, everybody's just awesome, man. And knows each other. So there was about fifteen bands, and we called ourselves Cross Island Connect. And um, we did a show at this place called Carol's Place out on the island. And it was two bands, and then um, Cypher went on, and we were going on next. We were headlining. And it's this little dingy place. And I'm standing in the back, and uh, there's these two guys, and they got a hill, they got North Carolina accents. And while most singing, they kept saying, fuck this N-word, fuck this N-word, fuck this guy, this fucking black fuck, this that the other thing. And I'm and I'm and I'm standing in front of them hearing this, and I'm getting fucking pissed. I'm getting pissed, man. Yeah. And so uh, they kept going on, they kept going on, and I said something, but they kept going on. So we Again, I had a choice, punch them in the face or do something smarter. So when we went on stage, we have a song, Feel My Groove. It's just about like fucking hurting people. So I got the mic and I, I said, before we even started, I says, see those two guys back there? Those fucking hillbillies back there? They were calling Mo the N-word the whole time. I says, James is going to start Feel My Groove. When you hear the fucking first chord, I want you guys to beat the fuck out of them. Now, I don't know where's the video, but I saw it. He hit the chord. You see about a hundred kids just fucking bashing their fucking heads in with everything. Good. Now, listen to this. These assholes are so stupid. Of course, they're from down south. They're so stupid. They called the cops. Turns out they were wanted in Pennsylvania for questioning and murder. Jesus fucking Christ. You believe that shit? Retards. Take a beating and leave, asshole. Right. Take it like a man. Go home, lick your wounds. And that then tell stories. That, that made me fucking angry, though, man. Yeah, you know, man. My, my, uh, I gotta say, my biggest influence uh, from since Salsic started was Danny Bogus was the drummer for Cypher. He actually died. He, went to, he was a surfer. He went to Australia to surf and never came back out. No and, shit. Uh, yeah, he was a lifeguard down in uh, Long Beach. And I'm riding my bike home from the beach. And he sees me. He says, hey, Kevin, listen to this. And he has a radio and puts on Candiria. And all I heard was, who the fuck is that drummer? Oh, Ken is fucking ridiculous. Who is that? Hey, he's a good friend of mine. He's done a lot to help me out. Yeah, he's he's married. He's married to 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 Grace, who I know since the early early nineties. She's awesome. He's been with her forever. Yeah, they got yeah, California they have, now. Yeah, I know they've been in California for years now. Yeah, we actually talked today. I, when I have some really good shit, I, I pass it by him. What do you think it is? And he's really really fucking. We hadn't talked in a while, and then I got on Facebook uh, like ten years ago. And I released a dubstep version of Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath. Yeah. And he wrote to me, he's like, dude, this is fucking incredible. And we've been staying friends since. He got me uh, free passes to the Black and Blue tour a couple of years ago. Okay. And uh, they're, my, they're my biggest influence. 
Well, when when they when they played the Black and Blue Bowl, but they've been no since the first fucking album. No, I'm saying that you got passes for when they played Black and Blue. He called me from California and he said, uh, "Black and Blue Ball, sick of it all. Can hear he's playing." Yeah, guest list. I said, "Absolutely." Yeah, I was, I was, I was at that show. I was there. Everybody was at that show. I was at that show. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that was a good fucking show. Yeah, that was two nights. That was two nights. Yeah, it was two. It was it was a Saturday and a Sunday, or a Friday and a Saturday. There was like two or three years in a, in a row that the guys, the black and blue guys, put on the black and blue bowl, and they were both two nights each. Yeah, I, I only went to the one night. It's funny. I was dating this fucking chick. She lives in Manhattan. She was a model, and uh, she's from San Diego, though. So I take her to the show with me, and she she looks around and she's fucking. And her friend, I go, What are you doing? She goes, I'm telling uh, Mary, whatever her name was, this is where all the hot guys are in Manhattan. <laughs> oh my God. They got businessmen, doc, and she was stunning, but she was fucking into the fucking, you know, yeah. heads yeah. and shit. Into the animals. <laughs> but I, uh, they were my biggest influence. I really love Car Bomb. Yeah. Well, well, here, well, here you go. The first. 50 episodes of this podcast there was two other people doing doing it with me what there was one guy was the owner of lucky 13 the bar in brooklyn and the other guy who actually gave me the idea to start a podcast is john lamacchia from fucking candiria i've been reaching out to john uh and we can touch on it a little bit i need to talk to him because i became aware of i got i got um um, internet stalkers to the point where they're dangerous. And I've Googled them. They're like this bizarre fucking um, um, PETA faction and the leader is in jail for 11 years and they do not stop stalking people. They, they find out who my friends are and they call their job and get them fired. They make fake Facebook profiles of me and say like, you know, I hate fucking blacks. I hate fucking Mexicans. I mean, and nobody from New York, but everybody believes like this guy's a scum, and they don't stop. It's nonstop. It's nonstop, man. Yeah, I fucking all that fucking internet fucking trolling. It's one girl specifically, and uh, the thing she said, she says, "I fucking beat my dog. I freeze my cats to death. I shot two dogs." I, I sexually harassed and molested her. I don't even know who, I never met her. So anyway, she fucking, uh, it, um, a couple of years ago, Candirius was acting weird when I saw them. Usually they're cool. And then Car Bomb was acting weird. Then I noticed there was a bunch of musicians deleting me, like um, um, Bobby Gustafson from Overkill, we were friends, like all these fucking, everybody was deleting me. I was ostracized. And it came to my attention that she was reaching out to everybody and just fucking telling them and showing them this shit that she made. She takes my picture, makes a Kevin Computer Facebook profile, says horrible things, and people believe it. And I get mad because Candiria is normally so. I've called John about 15 times. So, John, can I just talk to you? I, 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 you've, I've heard that you've been told something. And I'd like to explain it. Don't fucking talk to me. 
the guys in car bombing. It fucking makes me angry because you're believing some fucking troll, anonymous troll you've never met over a guy you've known 25 years. And, and uh, her, dude, they, my fucking, I was engaged. They fucking kept going after my fiance where she left me. They had two of my friends fired from jobs. It's crazy. It's insane, bro. It's insane. It's crazy. I, and I don't, I don't know what, I even had, you know those uh, things, uh, you hire a lawyer and they get like bad stuff on the internet about you to get it off? Yeah. I gave them $15,000. They gave it back to me three months later. They said they're using it. This is a very, very organized fucking terrorist group. And they're using uh, internet servers outside of the USA's jurisdiction. Wow. Nobody, nobody could do nothing. It's fucking crazy. It, it, it hurts, man. It hurts. Yeah, man. It's fucking, it's fucked up. People can fuck up your life with fucking this nonsense fucking internet bullshit. And people will fucking believe it, bro. People will believe it. If it's on the fucking computer, if it's on your fucking phone, all of a sudden, no matter what, people, people will grab something and they'll run with it and they, it snowballs and it's all a bunch of fucking bullshit. And then you have all the hangers on and the ones who are friends with this one. Next thing you know, it becomes a huge thing. And then you look like some sort of an asshole, but not even like half the people even know you. And they're on like this team of douchebags that believe anything. I get it. Trust I, know me, I, get that, it. I know that they reached out to you can't hear it because they have a website about me. All this fake a website. She's obsessed with me. And one of the guys wrote, somebody needs to get in touch with Candiria and let them know they're fucking friends with a racist. And, yo, dude, I made a shirt for Stereo Assassin. It said Stereo Assassin had a skull. It said American-made USA white boy metal. And they're fucking, you racist piece of shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Oh, you see, yeah. Forget it. That's a whole other fucking topic. Of course. Jimmy, you know what? Them fucking 10 assholes who said I was a racist attracted 50 people that wanted the fucking shirt. Of course. Yeah. Listen, let me, let me throw, let me throw out my sponsors real quick. Go it. All right. You drink coffee. I don't know if you need coffee, but do you drink coffee? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Dead sled coffee. They're, they're from like Jersey and, and Philly area. They're fucking awesome. I was, and, and I'm not, I'm not saying this because they're a sponsor because I was drinking the shit before the fucking pot, before they were sponsors. Is it strong? Do you have espresso blends? You have breakfast blends. You, they, you, there's all different kinds of blends that you can get. Um, they, they actually, they do really cool shit, bro. They, they have, um, what is it called? Like licensed deals with, they have a Kiss blend, bro. They fucking, they, they join forces with Kiss. They have four different bags of, it's a Kiss blend. They have a Cypress Hill blend. They actually did a, a blend with fucking Wisdom and Chains. They do shit with horror people. There's like an Elvira blend, fucking Robert Anglin from fucking uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. And then they have all their regular other stuff. But they That's do some walking. Yeah, yo, they do some really, for a small company, they do but some really cool again? shit. Dead sled coffee. And I get it down here? Yeah, bro, check this out. You ready for this? If you go to deadsledcoffee.com and you type in the promo code 
Brooklyn Blast. You'll get 20% off of your order. And anything over 60 bucks is free shipping around the entire country. Really? All right. Yeah. So let me just plug that too. I got a lot of fans watching. It's Monday night, but this is coming out Friday. What, 12 noon? This is coming out this coming Friday at noon Eastern time. So all my fucking fans and friends support this fucking coffee company. Yeah, bro. I'm telling you, they're good people. Dead Sled Coffee. Follow them on Instagram at Dead Sled Coffee. D-E-A-D-S-L-E-D Coffee. Dead Sled Coffee. All right. You hear that, guys? Do it for me. And if not, I will beat your fucking ass. There you go. (laughs) Go to DeadSledCoffee.com. And if you type in the promo code Brooklyn Blast. You'll get 20% off your order. Anything over 60 bucks is free shipping. You can't beat it. As soon as we're done here, I'm, I'm going to order it. Because, there you uh, go. I love that shit. I love, like, that mop-and-pop coffee stuff. Yeah, and I live on fucking coffee, bro. Coffee and Red Bull, I fucking live on it. My second sponsor, Generation Records, located at 210 Thompson Street in the West Village of New York City. Go to follow Generation Records on Instagram at Generation Records. If you cannot go to the brick and mortar spot, you can go to generationrecords.bigcartel.com and order shit online. But they survived the whole fucking coronavirus shit and they're open. So go to the fucking record store and buy physical fucking music. I saw uh, I saw them all over your pages, the Flash Furnish pages. Yeah. What do they deal with? Just straight hardcore? No, Generation Records, well, it's a lot of hardcore. They have everything, bro. Vinyl, they have books, the entire death. Bro, they've been around since 92. How do you not know Generation Records? They're in the village. Now, I, I might have heard of them, but I'm fucking burnt. Yeah, the whole downstairs is T-shirts and posters and shit, but there's vinyl everywhere. There's all kinds of shit. Online? Yeah, go to generationrecords.bigcartel.com. Wait, that's been there a long time. Since 92. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll check that out, too. I'll support all that shit for you. And my friends will, too, right? Yeah, you goddamn fucking right they will. Catch a couple, couple, two, three slaps. Hey, you want to hear a funny story about... Hold on, I got one more. One more, go for it. All right, New Republic Printing. For any kind of screen printing, embroidery, vinyl stickers, and buttons. Follow them at New Republic Printing on Instagram. Now, here's the fucking kicker. If you go to newrepublicprinting.net, that's their website. You can pick whatever brand T-shirt you want shit printed on. But here's the best part. Nobody does this. I don't know how Steve stays in business. He's been doing this shit for like 20 years now. There's no setup fees. There are no screen fees. And if you have your orders shipped to any commercial address, like your job, or even if you don't, if you work from home and you're cool with the guy at the bodega down the street, you give them that address, it's free UPS ground shipping. So, Kev, you can get a thousand fucking stereo assassin shirts made and you can get 50 boxes delivered to the fucking, I don't know, you're in North Carolina, to the fucking, to the pig feed fucking shop at the corner and it won't cost you a dime. Hey. I don't, I'm retired. I'm just going to say Jimmy fucking referred me. There you go. New Republic printing Dude, on Instagram. I, I, I absolutely want that. There you go. How's the quality? Good quality? Of course, bro. I, I've used them for podcast shit, other shit years ago. I've been, I've been using 
I've been using New Republic since 2006. What's the cat's name? Steve McCarthy. He's on Facebook. Now, I'm going to hit up all three of these, but that, that one is something I'm very interested in. Steven McCarthy. Hit him up and tell him I sent you, and there you go. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. If, he, if he's selling it so cheap and you say, I don't know how he makes money, he's doing it because he loves the fucking music. He does, he does that, but he does, I mean, he does, I mean, he doesn't just do it for bands. I mean, he has local sports teams. He does it yeah. for a whole bunch, but, but so many bands use him for good reason. Well, he probably it. makes his money off the sports teams and the PB leagues. and Sure. And he does a lot of shit. He does like a lot of things for like Halloween time. He does all the Halloween conventions. And I mean, he does a lot of shit. So he does a lot of volume, which probably makes up for everything. But the guy's been in business for close to 20 years. And he's never, I've never gotten a shirt from him that was even fucked up. Like, it's just always good. I'm absolutely going to hit all freeze up, all freeze up. I'm going to order the fucking coffee. The other thing was the... Generation uh, Records. Generation Records. I'm going to check that out. And I'm definitely going to fucking hit up your boy, Steve. Yeah, New Republic Printing. Yeah, because th that shit could be expensive, you know? They oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah so, man. So listen, there's something uh, a lot of people told me when I, when I said I was going to be on here. I wasn't sure if you were going to be mad because I jumped the gun. But... um. Everybody wants me to mention that I was on Impractical Jokers, the highest rated episode ever. I saw I saw someone post that and I was wondering if that was a joke or not. So so now you got to tell me. <laughs> well, I was working in Manhattan. I was a foreman on a construction job. I was on lunch and I went to the fucking it was 9th and 28th. I went to the drugstore and I'm playing scratch offs. I never saw the show. Bill Murr walks in or Murr, whatever his name is. I didn't know him. He's wearing a security jacket. He looked like some fucking crazy guy. And then he jumps up on it. They didn't have this in the, in the um, TV, but jumps up on a fucking chair, screams like a girl, and everybody looks. He's like, I thought I saw a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> then he gets off the chair. He's like, like my fanny pack? And I was like, who wears a fucking fanny pack? And I just eviscerated him. And the next scene, I'm online. And they're telling him, arrest him. And he's like, grabs my arm. He goes, you got big arms. And he's like, I don't have big arms. You're built like a twig. Yeah. <laughs> and I just fucking totally ripped them off. They, they cut a lot of shit out. Of course. Know, like, yeah, but, you know, I went a little nuts. But, um, yeah, it was the highest rated episode. I had the first two years came out in 2014. People always recognize me. I get asked for autographs, even down here. And it was cool. But then somebody told me 14 million views on YouTube, and they're playing it twice a month in reruns. Wow. They're making millions. So I called the lawyer, and I did <laughs> sign an agreement. But I said, listen, it was under duress. I, I didn't know what was going on. It was confusing. So we asked for $10,000. So they took it down. Oh. But somebody reposted it. <laughs> nice. I got to look for that shit now. We got to uh, just go onto YouTube, Kevin Caputo, uh, 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 Impractical Jokers, or Impractical Jokers Security Guard Beatdown. <laughs> I'm definitely going. Definitely. And then it was so good, they called me six months later. They were doing a 100 episode, 
and they hired me to do a commercial on like all the big channels. And I said, I want to get paid this time. They gave me a few grand and they came to my house with a Hollywood truck and makeup and everything. Nice. Producer gave me this script, like jokes, and I'm reading it. I'm like, and I, you don't know me, but I get a sense. I was like, I'm not reading this. Let me just fucking ad lib. Yeah. And he got mad. But I started doing my thing and everybody was fucking rolling. There you go. Fuck yeah. I'm not reading this shit. I'm going to be me. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I got a pretty fucking interesting life. But music, here's the one thing I hate about uh, guys with talent. They grow up. Yeah. And then they stop doing music. Yeah. I can understand it, but for me, I will never, I can't get it out of me. Right. I just can't get it out of me. It's always um, somebody talking is a a, a lyric or a song title, a fucking engine running at a red light is a fucking rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. uh, You know, it's kind of, sometimes it's kind of fucking hard to deal with. I want to just enjoy the music, but I'll always be doing this. Good. Well, you have a website. I mean, you have StereoAssassin.com, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't updated it in a while because uh, I got engaged. And, you know, after three months, the mask, the beautiful mask fell off and she was a psychotic, dangerous, you know, drunk. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) So I didn't really touch it up lately, but I got like 13,000 people on my email list. I'll send this to them. And um, nice. Yeah, I do pretty good with that stuff, and um, I enjoy it. I'm going in a new direction now. I, I um, I did all the industrial stuff, which is really easy samples and drums, but now I'm trying to do. It's kind of a cross between progressive rock, like King Crimson and Yes, meets Pantera. Okay, it's like all odd times, and like I, I, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, there you go. It's it's like you with the flyers, though. I was uh-huh. spending two hours with this little fucking should should it stop or fucking in the half fucking centimeter before yeah. the end? Yeah. Drives yeah. me fucking nuts, bro. I get it. <laughs> Dude, I met a... you got you got a girlfriend, right? Yeah. What is she on Facebook? Yeah. I'm friends with her, right? I don't know. I think she's hot. <laughs> yeah. Bond, I think. No. No, not Bond. No. Oh, maybe it might be somebody else. I was going to have to apologize. I didn't know she was, I thought she was dating you. And I was like, you're really hot. And she was like, I, well, I'm, I'm taking it. But I thought for some reason it was you. And no. I felt really bad. Am I telling no disrespect? I didn't know. No. Well, definitely, that know. wasn't me. You shouldn't be posting those pictures. <laughs> no, it wasn't me. Not me. <laughs> going to get married? No, I did that once before in my life. Dude, I'm 56, never been married. I was married once, and, it, you know, shit went down, and we were at odds for a long time, but me and my ex-wife are fucking cool, you know? That's, that's what matters. We're cool with each other. She's moved on, I moved on. It's like that. so much shit happened years ago. I don't live back then. We're both cool, and we have a daughter together, and... My daughter doesn't need to feel uncomfortable with her parents who were divorced for the longest time to still be fighting over shit that's old. 
It's fucking nonsense. It's like it's adult time now. You know what I mean? Exactly. exactly. High school was a long fucking time ago, bro. You know, so I don't deal with the high school bullshit online. This personally, I don't deal with none of that shit. You can fuck. You you want to you want to bring the fucking nonsensical, you know, Facebook internet bullshit. Go fucking go go find yourself something to do, man. Because you're wasting your fucking time. Because you because all you do is look like a jerk off to so many people. My 20s, 30s, and a bit of my 40s, I was like a regular Brooklyn guy, a Long Island guy, you know? You, well, how did we grow up? You know, you got a girlfriend, you tell your boys you cheat on her, they high-five you and buy you a drink. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Nobody fucking told us it's not right. right. So I woke up in 2014, and it was a voice in my head. You want to be? I mean, I was fucking just cheating on girls, abusing them. Not physically, just not being nice to them. Right. 2014, I had a voice in my head. Monogamy is sexy. Settle down. So I started going on Tinder, and I met some nice girls, but I realized I didn't know how to be a boyfriend. Right. So I went into a relationship therapy by myself. And I actually thought, stupidly, that her job would be, she'll find me a hot chick and introduce me. But it's not <laughs> like that. You got to do all sorts of childhood forgiveness, mother forgiveness, you know, learn how to be a boy. Little things like I'm watching an army fucking thing about Vietnam and give it a remote. You want to watch something, baby? Like, I never knew that mattered. Right. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Right? Isn't it? It's true. I'm just, just, dude, the girls down here are fucking gorgeous. (laughs) <laughs> in their fucking 20s. Yeah, it's no good. I can't. I, I like girls in their 40s. Right. I get it. <laughs> 23, 24, you know, but what the fuck? What are we going to talk about? Nothing. 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 <laughs> Nothing at all. And whatever they have to say, it's going to be annoying shit that you have no idea about. It's 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 just a whole shit show nowadays. Yeah, I'll be like, uh, you, you remember fucking Starsky and Hodge? Yeah, they'll be like, who? Yeah, yeah. You, you can't have a normal conversation with somebody of, no, like this millennial fucking generation. Not at all. I was talking to some 20-year-old girl, just talking to her in a bar, and I said something about Vietnam. She goes, what's that? Yeah, it's ridiculous. And I don't understand because, like, when I was young, I knew what World War One, World War Two was. It's like, how come kids now, it's like, they're excuses, well, you know, I'm young. But what, 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 what the fuck are you talking about? Like, how do you not know about Vietnam? Like, because they're too busy trying to fit into the fucking tiniest fucking gay jeans they could find. Right. Well, well, they have to make sure they have Instagram likes and followers. That, that's all it's about. <laughs> I fucking hate it, bro. I well, when, it, when she said, "Who? What's Vietnam?" I said, "It was a war," and uh, she said, uh, "Well, who? Who was the president?" I said, "It was five presidents." Yeah. I said, "It ended with Nixon, and pretty much ended with Nixon, basically." And she goes, "Was he a general?" <laughs> I can't. I fucking can't. I can't. All right, take it easy, honey. Yeah, I can't. You make my fucking teeth hurt. <laughs> Fuck out of here. I have no patience, man. None. Now, listen. Let me give a shout out to my friend Cliff. He asked you to do that. Is that all right? 
Gag, give a shout out. We'll, you, we'll plug your social media shit and then we'll wrap up. And if you want, this could be part one and then we can schedule if you want to go off the rails again in a, in a few episodes. We'll fucking do a part two, bro. Yeah, sounds good, man. We get along good, man. We're, I don't you like me, but you keep it fucking hidden. <laughs> a little bit. I can see and feel your energy. Yeah. You're just as psycho as I am. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I keep it a little under wraps on here because I can go off on a fucking tangent, but, eh, you know, the, the show's really not supposed to be about me. You're on. You're, you're, it shows no, about you. You've got a personality. <laughs> you're like me, though. At a red light, the guy don't fucking move when it goes green. Oh, as soon as that fucking green light drops, bro, you need to be gone. I'm hitting that fucking horn. Me too. Me too. I actually had a guy get three Puerto Ricans, a black guy got out of the car one time when I did that. And and, and instead of me just fucking backing up and driving away because I'm not a pussy, I'm like had a death wish, (laughs) I get out of the car. Mm -hmm. Like, what am I going to do? Five guys. So I start fighting. I get some shots in. And then the black guy reaches in the trunk, white in daylight. He puts a fucking shotgun to my face. I says, okay, I'll see you again. About a year later, I'm going to some fucking nightclub. This is in the 80s. And I'm getting there late. And I see some black guy walking up. And he looks familiar. And I realize it's the guy who had the shotgun. Hey, and I said, an expletive. Hey, you remember me? And he looked at me. And he goes, Oh, you're that fucking motherfucking white boy who didn't back down. And he hugged me, and we're still friends on Facebook. That's awesome. That's yeah, great. yeah, that's cool, man. That's so great. I want to give, give a shout out to my boy, fucking Cliff. All right. He's fucking good guys. A lot of, I, it's a crowd of dudes down here. They're older, and they just sit around the bar and have beers and stuff. And, you know, it's cool, man. I, yeah. I, I enjoy it down here. But, um, yeah, Cliff's a good guy, and he's like, yo, can you shout me out? <laughs> Yo, shout out to fucking Cliff down in fucking North Carolina. Yeah, <laughs> he gets mad because I always introduce him to people as the big black guy. <laughs> nice. Hey, listen. Fine. <laughs> All right. Well, let me plug. Uh, yeah, your social media. Yo, I know that you're on Instagram. It's Stereo Assassin six six six, right? Um. It might. Yeah. You're not very active on there, but I, 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 I got to tag you with you. Fucking log I in. I, I have the website. I haven't been. I kind of got engaged and I got all caught up in that and stopped doing it, but I'm getting back into it. Log back into fucking Instagram, bro. You have a lot of followers on there. It's great for promotion. Yeah, I'm going to, um, I got, I got like five projects. I got like a death step project. That's like death metal and dubstep. It's really good. And then I got that um, progressive Pantaria type shit. Right. And then some miscellaneous stuff. And uh, it's really good stuff, man. People really fucking enjoy it. And, and it all be, will be released. Well, most of it will be released within the next six or seven months. Okay. So that's Stereo Assassin. www.stereoassassin.com. Right. My whole bio, everything. And then uh, Soul Sick, you can buy Soul Sick on iTunes, anywhere, YouTube, Spotify, whatever. I would love it if you guys followed me on uh, Stereo Assassin. And and then there's Disciplinary Action, which I don't have control over. Right. 
There's, I know there's a, there's a fan page on Facebook. There's not a lot of people on it. There's like 300 and something people, which should be like fucking a, a million. But uh, I, I did that page about six years ago. Okay. And then I made a pro-Trump video and they fucking banned and deleted my Facebook page. So I can't control it anymore. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. But uh, I'm, we're going to do another one. And Jeff, the drummer, Lanzetta, He's got from that seven inch that I did with them. There's about 15 other songs that we didn't record that are just absolutely sick. Nice. And we're talking about fucking releasing them. Release them fucking things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we're going to release it. So follow me on fucking Spotify, Stereo Assassin. Uh, follow me on YouTube, Stereo Assassin. I make my own official video. Dude, I made a, a, a song called Drain the Swamp. Yes. I made my own video and uh, it was fucking great six years ago. And they fucking YouTube sent me that it was too last week at six years. It was too violent and they fucking removed it. Such scumbags. Yeah, but the, the song's still up. And all if right. you're a patriot, you'll fucking love it. Right. And then, uh, yeah, all my music's up there. And look at my face. Send me a friend request on Facebook. I'm always doing something outrageous. Yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, hilarious. Fun, man. So what I'm what I'm gonna do is like this this video just goes up just as is on YouTube and I put up this raw thing also on the group on Facebook. But then the audio version of this goes everywhere, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, everywhere. But on that is where I put I usually put my intro and then I'll end with a song of whoever's on of their choice. So what I'm going to do is I'm not going to put my regular intro. I think I want to start with a disciplinary action song. And then I'll end with that song that you sent me, which is called blast furnace from stereo assassin. Well, yeah, if that's what you want to do, that's cool. Right. But um, if you want to hook me up, I'd rather you put something up on stereo assassin. Well, that, yeah, Stereo Assassin there. The Blast Furnace, the, the song Blast Furnace for Carly Comb. That was Soul Sick. Was that Soul Sick? Yeah, it was 27 years ago. <laughs> Jesus fuck. All right, so now I'm writing on my notes now because I'm a fucking half a retard. You can put that up if you want, bro. Don't feel pressured. Uh, I'm going to do both. Right. Listen, this, this is what I'll do. The intro, all right. I have one of, one of, all right, pick, one of these two. So actually, all right, I have four disciplinary action songs that I was thinking about starting the episode with, but I'll leave it up to you to pick one of these four. Go ahead. Sunrise, Burnt Out, Chop Me, What's Wrong? What's Wrong? All right. So we're starting Can off. I change. It's such a, bro, you, I want to smash shit still. My God, it's when, that, when right. he told me that, I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, definitely what's wrong. And you All know right. what? If you want to use the uh, blast furnace, you're more than welcome at the end. But after this or tomorrow, I'll send you a bunch of uh, stereo assassin songs, and maybe that you can use one of them. I'll, I'll throw a stereo. Listen, this is what I'll do. I'll put, I'll put the DA song to start with. Then I'll put a stereo assassin song at the end, and then after that, we'll go into the Soul Sick Blast Furnace song. Awesome, bro. 
I'm gonna put all three. I don't give a fuck. Dude, this was I've done a lot of podcasts, and uh the George Reynolds one, uh it was, it was called If I Ruled the World. They were really good. They did their homework. They had a lot of questions and caught me off guard. But this was like really late. It's like we're sitting in a fucking bar, you know? Just That's what I want it to be. That's why it's like, I don't have questions. We're just going to shoot the shit and whatever happens, fucking happens. Yeah, and it came out good, man. Yeah, man. We're going for almost two hours. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Yeah. Beautiful thing. It is, man. And I appreciate you asking me, man. I, I feel really honored, man. You're a good guy. Watch you on fucking Facebook. And you're a good guy, bro. I appreciate it. So are you, bro. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, me too. Sometimes. When you catch me on a good day, I could be the best. Other, day, other times I could be, you know, a fucking handful. But listen. So when you release it before we go, can you send me the link? It won't be live. I'll sell it'll it'll go live bang on fucking because everything everything is gonna be private. Like I'm gonna send this off. I'm going to get this all done and then I'm going to get the finished. Pro- then I'm going to put the songs on it and everything. And then I'm going to get the master. I could probably sit. Well, well, you could send it Friday. Let me ask you. This. I can send you the MP3 of the entire finished product. With no, no, the no, no, I, and everything. I, I want, um, wherever you put it so I can promote it. Where, which one do you like most? Like YouTube, whatever, Apple. It doesn't matter. What I, what I usually do is, the link in my bio on Instagram, which is the Brooklyn Blast Furnace, there's a link there. And I also commented on some people that commented on your post today. It's called Linktree. I saw that. So, so I put the Linktree because if you click on that, it has everything. It's iTunes, Spotify. So I don't know what people want to listen on. So there's a direct link on that Linktree to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud. So whatever you listen to, you just click it and it brings you to whatever platform you listen on. Yeah, I put a picture up of your logo with all those things. I saw, I saw. I think that's what I commented on. Yeah, yeah, you did. And so Friday, when you put it all up, I'll just look at it all and I'll fucking post them all. I'll send you everything in a message and everything also. Hey, Jimmy, I really fucking appreciated this, man. Not a problem, Kev. Not, not a problem. And like I said, if you want... A little bit down the line, let me get a couple of more episodes and we'll do a fucking part two. I have no we'll problem with that. Two. Absolutely. We'll talk politics. <laughs> yeah, oh, boy. All right. Strap in, fucking. Strap in, kids. Uh-huh. Helmet on. <laughs> Put your fucking helmet on. Crash course. Exactly. All yeah. right, Jimmy. I enjoyed it, man. You're a good boy. Yeah, thanks, brother. Same thing to you, my man. All right, kid. I'll talk to you soon. 100%. Later, brother. Have a good night. You're better than you thought you could be fought. I punch a kick and jab a stab until you ever taught. Try to run away, but little sucker will be caught. Begging for my sympathy. Mm, that's what I thought. 
so sick, 516, Long Island, so all troopers Coming through with the unpredictable, reminiscent of the fur maneuvers All the elevated, my mental, the call of heart divine Reconstruction of the broken apple, see the love of thine Stand strong, steel foundation, I was wrong to blush at eyes Begging for the last demise, when the dust settles, who shall arise? From the ashes, we are the mentality of those who control the masses Victorious, EK718 to 516, the New York Warriors Hardcore, the underground euphoria Where's that chick Gloria? Probably recording somewhere that story. Queen, burn to touch the microphone since the tender age of 13. Verbalizing the scenes like those awesome crack beans. Observe this one reaction vividly with means of an open method of expression. The third eye spectacle, equations, degrees of animation, invading the contemplation, hence this rabbit perfection.
Time comes to die. 